Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Influence with Michelle Martin on Your Money, only on Money FM 89.3. Welcome to Influence. I'm Michelle Martin. Today we're getting to know a Singapore startup, one of the players in the buy now pay later scene. They're called Hula, a platform founded by payment industry veterans from companies like WorldPay and Visa. Hula is one of several buy now pay later companies here in Asia. You may have heard of Atomi or Octify, but we're going to find out more about Hula's plans to stand out. Earlier in March, it raised an eight-figure sum in its Series A funding round, which was led by investment from Electus Capital. Hula delays payment over three interest-free monthly repayments, while merchants are paid up front by Hula. Repayments from consumers are handled by the provider. Now, since launching its Buy Now Pay Later in-store solution, Hula has been implemented at over a thousand retail outlets island-wide. So, does BNPL lead to consumers taking on debt beyond their means? And are BNPL services on the rise with millennials? We're going to find out with Arvind Singh. Arvind is COO and co-founder of Hula. Good morning, Michelle. Thanks for having me on. Great to have you here. Welcome to Influence. I wonder if you can start by telling us what Hula is and what is it that Hula can do that you can't already do with a debit card? Great questions. Um, so Hula is Asia's leading omni-channel buy now, pay later platform. And we allow customers to essentially reduce the impact of price by splitting their payments into three separate interest-free monthly repayments and really at no additional cost to the customer. Um, so what we allow for the customer is to make that cash flow more accessible to them and they can get what they need today uh, and focus on some of the more important things in life. From a retailer standpoint, we're solving one of their, their biggest challenges, which is around conversion and encouraging new customers to not just visit their, their stores, whether that's online or in physical retail, but also encourage those customers to return to those stores. All right. So this show is all about personal finance. So I have to ask, what are your late payment charges like for consumers? So we actually have a fixed view on late payment charges. They're not compounding. They're, they're not daily rates. Mm-hmm. It's a, a one-time fixed uh, late payment charge based on the uh, size of the repayment amount. Uh, and it's varying from, say, a, a $5 to a $30 one-time charge. Uh, however, I would say that you know, that's not really a place that we look at as a revenue stream for the business. So late payment isn't really a place that we intend to build into a line of business. Uh, It's not something that we bank on and and not something that we want to grow. Mm -hmm. We're actually more incentivized with customers paying on time. It, Mm. It actually would cost us essentially more. So our incentives are really aligned to the customer in that sense, that we want them to pay on time. Uh, We don't want them to get into that point of a late payment. So we really do everything we can to encourage timely repayments. Um, We send multiple notifications. We get in touch with customers when they're late. We don't automatically charge a late payment fee, you know, the the minute that uh, payment is late as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, We allow that type of grace period. So, Arvind, I hear there are no setup fees for retailers. Is that right? Correct. So what is your revenue share based on then? So the revenue share is based on uh, working with the retailer on a per transaction investment that they're making. So on a successful Hula order where we're uh, approving that that purchase, uh, that's where the retailer would pay a percentage rate. We're finding out more about Hula, shining the company's spotlight on this buy now, pay later platform. Arvind Singh is COO and co-founder of Hula. So are you gaining in popularity and have you seen a shift during this pandemic in terms of what people are buying more of? 
Well, that's a really great question. It's always a curiosity of the team to look at, you know, trends in, in purchase behavior. And absolutely, during the pandemic, we, we did see a rise in, in folks making the right investments, I would say. Mm. Um, realistically, that, that, you know, investments into a work work from home station, for example, right. a standing desk, uh, a more appropriate chair at home. A lot of folks didn't really have the right setup at home for, for working from home for an extended period. And we really saw uh, a lot of shoppers making that investment into their everyday well-being and, and working setup. You're listening to Your Money, the show where we're looking out for your money. I'm Michelle Martin speaking with Arvind Singh from Hula. Arvind, do consumers spend more when they're on a buy now, pay later platform? And what is Hula's approach to balancing responsible spending for consumers and maximizing revenue for retailers? So I would say this is one of our biggest differentiators when it comes to our take on buy now, pay later. We, we really look at this as a way of responsible affordability. That term comes up a lot for us. It's part of our vision. It's our strategy from day one. Um, and it's really about allowing customers to take control uh, of their spending rather than overspend. Uh, we, we have seen some buy now, pay later companies out there promote this aggressive spend as much as you can. It's really not the approach that we've taken. So there's a few steps in, in this um, path for us to really promote responsible affordability. It starts with education, of course, whether that's on personal financial management, on best spending practices, how to manage your finances. We've taken a proactive approach. And one of our recent blog posts around this was actually one of the most popular uh, pieces that we've done so far. So there's clearly a demand for that type of content. We also dynamically cap um, how much a customer can use Hula. So we will actually take a proactive position to step in when we see a customer might be making too many frequent purchases in a short period of time or spending beyond a certain amount. We will ask them in a very nice manner, um, please, please make a payment on an existing order that you have with us or complete the payments on an existing order before enjoying Hula again. Uh, and I think that's quite a unique position that we have to, to step in and provide that bit of guidance um, in in a way that is really supporting uh, the customer's responsible affordability. Mm-hmm. Arvin, you're co-founder of Hula. I wonder if you can take us back to the origin. Origin stories are always popular with our listeners in terms of, you know, when you're getting this going, Hula, are you targeting millennial consumers and thinking, okay, this is the subset of people who are going to really enjoy paying one third of the price of any product and then being able to bring it home and start using it immediately. Well, can you bring us to the origins of Hula? That's a really good question uh, to look at who that target customer was, I I would say, in the early days. And, of course, we've seen this on a global level uh, with Buy Now, Pay Later. Mm -hmm. Given there are no hidden fees, there's no charges to that customer, and they do get the flexibility of of owning those payments, Uh, it it did really appeal to a a young group of shoppers. And generally, that's why they were choosing. A lot of it was the transparency. uh, A lot of it's a seamless experience. And, of course, there's that shift to debit as well, where we do support our solution on debit card usage. And we've seen a lot of young customers um, prefer actually using a debit card uh, on that purchase rather than going after a credit solution. So you're seeing a shift away from credit because there's increasing financial literacy? I believe that's certainly part of it. I think it's it's generally customers want to be a, a lot more in control of their, their spending, um, understand what it is that they have on a monthly basis. And, and again, that's part of 
you know, us providing to them, saying, you know, you load up the app, the first thing you see is some of the upcoming payments, you understand what your position is this month, next month, and a month after, mm. you have a really clear position with us on, on where you are. And that's been something that we've been very, very adamant about, making sure customers have that transparency of that current view and upcoming payments as well. All right, Arvin, everybody's stuck at home for Christmas and, you know, many wondering if the outbound spend, what would have been outbound spend, is going to help retailers here in Singapore. What do you think is the future for retail in Southeast Asia? Oh, wow, it's a, it's a big question. Isn't it? It, it is. <laughs> you know, looking at the crystal ball as we head into 2021, I, I do see that blend of spending or, or shopping coming back. And even in Singapore, as we've launched the omni-channel solution, we do see retail store partners picking up, whether that's with BHG or, or Nike and OSIM. You know, we, we do see shoppers starting to return to the physical retail environment in Singapore specifically. And I believe over time, there is certainly a culture around shopping in a physical environment that will come back. Um, it might not be as as heavy as before, some of that actual spending might still shift over to e-commerce in the long run. Um, however, there, there are some products that still remain quite uh, tactile in nature. You want to be able to touch and feel and see it before you make that purchase. And there is the social aspect of visiting a mall. It's not just about going into a store, but potentially um, going out for, for a meal and, and meeting up with friends for, for a social visit as well. Well, thank you. It is a big question. Thanks for taking that on. And just before we let you go, Arvin, does uh, Hula work in on, when it comes to online shopping? Oh, I think we've lost him already. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, that's uh, Arvin Singh, COO and co-founder of Hula, joining us here on Your Money. Your Money on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3, best of your money. Market View on Money FM 89.3. I'm Michelle Martin. We're going to be looking out for that stimulus vote for you during our show here on Your Money. Asia Pacific shares are largely in the red this morning following a mixed performance on Wall Street overnight. Tokyo is down two-thirds of a percent. Sydney and Seoul are in the red as well. Wellington is bucking the trend, though. Shares of New Zealand's key index, the NZX50, is up 1%. Joining me now for a look at what is moved... To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.